Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verse 1 through 2, and verse 6 through 9, the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17 through 27, the gospel according to Mark, chapter 7, verse 1 through 8, and 14 through 15, and 21 through 23, and Psalm 15. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts always be acceptable to you, O Lord. Amen. Last Sunday, Melanie preached powerfully about evil. If you missed it, please go to the website and listen. She preached powerfully about evil and how to arm ourselves against it. And she began with acknowledging how evil is not something we frequently hear about in the Episcopal Church. And I was sitting up here behind her and kind of nodding to myself, no, we do not talk about evil much in the Episcopal Church. And I was heaving a quiet sigh of relief that she was the one with those lectionary lessons and that it wasn't me, that I was off the hook for this one. Clearly, I had not read the lessons for today. Yes, here we are again, and we're talking about evil. And this time, the message is every bit as confrontational, but in a slightly different vein. In our reading last week, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the focus was on our putting on the whole armor of God to stand against the wiles of the devil, the powers of darkness, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And Melanie urged us to stand against, speak against evil, evil we have encountered in our history, evil present today. But as downtown Bible study was very quick to note. In last week's lesson, Paul was writing about evil forces we needed to guard against. This week, Jesus is talking about the evil intentions that come from within the human heart. What is this, they asked? What is this about evil coming from within? My heart was sinking. Downtown Bible study does not ask easy questions, and questions are expected to be answered, not deferred. There would be no escaping this conversation today. A bridge for me between the lessons over these two weeks is a Jim Borgman drawing that I've had on the walls of my home for about 20 years. Jim Borgman is a gifted cartoonist He still illustrates the comic strip Zitz that I always felt was channeling my son. And he was awarded the Pulitzer Prize during the earlier time of his editorial cartoons. The cartoon I have was one that he created after 9-11. And it was also, I believe, after our response to 9-11. It is very simple. The graphic is a big fist. It's a a fist that's at the ready. And the caption is, deliver evil from us. Deliver evil from us. 
Every Sunday, and hopefully more often than that, we pray together the Lord's Prayer. Every Sunday we say the words and deliver us from evil. These are words we might immediately connect with seeking protection, safety, safety from God for the evil sources, the evil forces that exist in the world. But Borgman's turn of these words and deliver evil from us is profoundly provocative. What message is being conveyed? Where, in whom, is the evil? From where, whom, does it need to be delivered? So let's look at today's lessons for some guidance here. The Gospel reading from Mark and the letter of James. We need some context for Mark's lesson today. The passages preceding this lesson tell of the fatigue of Jesus and his disciples, and yet the crowds that keep following, keep following, wanting to hear his words, seeking healing. We have the story of the feeding of the 5,000. We have the story of Jesus walking on water, and then the healing of the sick in yet another region, people coming from villages, farms, cities, marketplaces, to encounter Jesus, to be healed, to learn who this man is, to learn about God. We have a sense of so much human need, so much human longing, and Jesus and his disciples responding, giving more. We can almost imagine the exhaustion, sheer exhaustion. And we see images of exhaustion in our news coverage each day. The healthcare workers in the worst hit COVID areas right now. The military trying to transport people to safety. We will soon see it in the aid workers that will follow the hurricane that is predicted to land today. That bone weary exhaustion endured because of that unflagging inner commitment to respond with love to human need. So when the Pharisees asked Jesus, why do your disciples not live according to the traditions of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? When the Pharisees asked these questions, Jesus is not on that page. He is not in any spirit of readiness to address that question. It's not out of disrespect for the elders or the traditions broadly. It's that the question belies a focus on tradition at the expense of honoring God's commandments in the very real present day. And always, always at the core of God's commandments is to love God and love one another. I have a dear friend who is a very gifted healer, particularly with acupuncture and herbal medicines. And he engages in the whole person, not just the physical ailment that is in front of him. And he's talked to me many times about how important it is for people to discern and ask the right question. The people need to ask the right question. For Jesus, in this moment, the Pharisees are not asking the right question. They are not asking the question that will help them understand who Jesus is, help them understand the gift of healing he brings, 
or the teachings he is trying to share, the question that will guide them to deeper love of God and each other. They are asking a question as to why some of Jesus' disciples are not honoring the tradition of the elders and eating with unclean hands. They are asking this question without regard to the miracles they have witnessed or heard of, the lives Jesus has touched and healed. Jesus turns to the crowd again and says to the crowd, listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile but the things that come out are what defile. This is a difficult teaching, even for his disciples. And the last verses in our gospel reading today are addressed specifically to his disciples. It is to his disciples that he explains, for it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. And Jesus offers examples, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, envy, just to name a few. James echoes this message in his letter. James writes, you must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, Slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your soul. James goes on, if any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. There is so much suffering in the world today, so much human need that we might feel overwhelmed. Whether it's on a macro level of fires and drought, the desperation of many in Afghanistan and other war-torn parts of the world, the polarity in our politics and in other parts of the world, whether it's the ruthlessness of a pandemic and the life-threatening overload of healthcare systems, the challenges of education in such challenging, challenging times, not to mention the approach of a fierce hurricane this very day. And none of that begins to touch on the very personal level, the stories of grief, sadness, disappointment, fear, frustration, that so many of us are experiencing in our lives right now. In this place of so many overwhelming challenges, it becomes easy and tempting to focus on the other, the other person, the other viewpoint, the other group, to focus on what someone else is not doing right or to our liking, to focus on critique or judgment or anger or hatred or violence in thought or deed. 
It is easy and tempting and also human. But if we pause, if we pause, we may catch a glimpse of the evil within us that is producing that response. Evil within us in the guise of self-righteousness, superiority, arrogance, entitlement. This evil we can control. This evil we can bring to kneel. In these moments of self-awareness, we need most to be present to Jesus' teaching and the commandments. We are all children of God. We are all suffering with circumstances beyond our control. We are called to be here for each other, to bear witness for each other, to the healing, the helping, the good. And above all, we are all called to love. So look to the good. Look to love. My dear friend, Linwood Battle, whom we have been praying for across many Sundays now, died earlier this morning. It has been months of struggle, of medical setbacks and disappointments. He's lived up to his name fully, battling to the very last, until all options were exhausted. Yet when he had done all that he could humanly do, He accepted with grace and love and faith that his life on earth was coming to an end. He said that all that he had been given throughout his life had come from God, and even this part of his journey was perfect. It was perfect. As I was working on the sermon yesterday, I received a text from Lynn's daughter that he was comfortable and a picture of his beloved granddaughter outside his hospice room window. She was communing with ducks, and she was very boldly facing down a goose. I'm afraid of geese, but she is much braver than I am. Amid heartbreak, there is life and love and deepest gratitude for the most precious earthly time we have whether it's at the time when life is ending or the time life is beginning or that unknown period in between, that gratitude for the life and the love that is at hand. Beauty and love endure. Beauty and love endure. So yes, there are evil forces in our world and evil thoughts and intentions born of pain brokenness, separation from God and each other. There are those things that we can find in our own heart. There are those things. But let us bravely and discern whenever we suspect evil, whenever we confront evil. Let us bravely encounter it, and especially when it's within us. Let us call it out and let it go. Let us pray, deliver us from evil, and also pray, deliver the evil from us. Because it is only with God's help that we can find our way. And let us support each other amidst all of the difficulty and look for and bear witness to the love 
and to the good. The risen Christ is in our midst always. Let us keep heart and always walk together in Christ's love. Amen.